Blog Talk Radio. Mr. Pop. The views and opinions of this show do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of this network and its affiliates. Hello, welcome to the Combat Sports Show. Tonight we got a jam-packed show. We got a ton of MMA. Some great boxing happened in the last couple of weeks. We had UFC. We had we had a title fight in the UFC, title fight in Invicta. We had a, a tournament finale of first round, anyway, in, in Bellator. So we're going to get right to it, and we're going to start off with some boxing tonight because it's, it's, it's few and far between that we get some good boxing. So we're going we're gonna to hit boxing, and then we're going to jump right into the MMA. So first off, Jason, how you doing tonight, buddy? Oh, I'm doing good, bud. Just, it was a great, great last two weeks of some good entertainment. Getting a lot of good studying in for my test. That's a week from Wednesday. Starting at my own company, you know, but I don't, I don't think I've had, I've dove into that one yet with our listeners. Starting up my own pest control company, so this is the first major step of getting my operator's license out of the way. So I've been studying quite a bit. And for those of you that don't know, when you get old like Jason and I, it's harder to, to retain knowledge. So we got to study mm. a little harder than most. Well, especially when, you know, when i got to do contract law, business law that I don't know nothing about, it really sucks. Cause it all reads <laughs> yeah. like stereo instructions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Definitely, dude. I'm I'm in the same boat. Um, yeah, yeah. I, well, I totally understand. Um, you you just started a new career in social services, isn't that correct? Yes. So yeah, you know what I'm and talking it's, about it's with all the. Yeah, it's definitely hard. I got 12 weeks of training before I even get into the real job, so it's uh, it's a it's a little bit different. But you know, I I have to c- congratulate you. You actually used your brain for once. Once. For once. For once. Because you thought you were taking a $6 an hour pay cut. And, I, and how many times did I tell you you were stupid for doing this? Come to find yeah. out you only took a dollar forty-five hit. That's, that, <laughs> you lucked into it, but, yeah, you're not taking a pay cut. <laughs> uh, too much. Again, it's not luck. It was skill because I had been there so long. That's neither here nor there. What we what we're here to talk about is some big time boxing. We had some big boxing matches over the last couple of weeks. Before we get into that, I read a really good question on uh, boxing knowledge on Facebook. It's a good site. It's a good uh, you know you join it. You get good discussions on boxing. It's really fun. Uh, you know about it, Jason. So yep, I was looking at it and somebody posed the question: Who wins? Now, obviously, these guys are in their prime. Tommy the Hitman Hearns versus Floyd Mayweather. I thought, now this is me, I thought, well, between those two guys, Tommy can knock anybody out, obviously. Um, Tommy didn't have the best chin in the world, but I don't think Floyd could knock him out because Floyd just doesn't have the power he would need. So what I think would happen would be Floyd would dance around and not get hit because Floyd's one of the best defensive boxers ever. We all know that. Pot yep. shot him and went on a decision. What do you think? 
I don't think so. Yes, you are. You think Tommy right. would catch him? I, yeah, Tommy would catch him. Yeah? Yes, Tommy doesn't have the best chin in the world. But Floyd doesn't have what you want to call a lot of power. Never no. really had. I mean, yes, he has knocked some guys out in his career. Yes. Floyd's just known to kind of run around, not get hit, and do enough to win the fight. And if he gets and, lucky, and I don't see like Floyd. Said, he, he, he can pop shot him. You need more than a pop shot to knock down Tommy. It's just, and, and he I doesn't don't have see, the greatest Real but, quick here. I don't see Floyd planting his feet and trying to knock somebody like Tommy Hearns out because Hearns is so powerful. He's a very, very dangerous fighter to go against. He's not like some of the other guys. He will knock you out quick if you're not oh, perfect. And I don't see Floyd risking you out. No, I mean, yeah. I don't see that fight. It won't go to a decision. Tommy's not going to knock him out quick because Tommy probably couldn't catch him. Yeah. He's just going to let Floyd wear himself out. I run it. It's kind of hard to do because Floyd knows he doesn't have what you want to call a lot of power. So, mm-hmm. um, so what does he do? He trains for agility. He he he's going to train for the for a fight to go the distance. Yeah. But we all know. cut off the ring against Mayweather. Now, it's never been done. He's still undefeated. But I yeah. I think with Tommy his Power... Prime. Yeah. And in Tommy's prime, he can cut that ring off and it's just a matter of time when he actually puts Floyd on his ass. But and he's Tommy's got enough a big power. He, he's big for that weight class. He's big for that weight class. But I don't think I would I I I would have to give Hearns or yeah, I would have to give Mayweather his first loss. If that if that yeah. fight ever happens, which of course it never will I can now. I kinda but. understand that. I could understand that because Floyd had a, a good fight with a, an over-the-hill, not quite over-the-hill, but pretty far out of his prime, De La Hoya, who was about the same as a, a, a Hearns. De La Hoya's tall, got some good pop in his punches, and, and Mayweather had a little bit. He won seven out of five rounds, or seven out of 12 rounds, but he got touched up pretty good. And Mayweather, or I'm sorry, Hearns, I think is a better version of De La Hoya with a lot more power. A lot better, a lot better version than De La Hoya. Hearn yeah. would beat De La Hoya. And now that's no I would think so, yeah. on De La Hoya. De La Hoya is a great fighter. Yes. In that weight class, now, De La Hoya is a great fighter. Yes. Okay, so with that out of the way, before we get on to anything else, there is a, a lot of talk right now. Chuck Liddell has stated he's going to fight again. 48-year-old Chuck Liddell coming off five knockouts in a row. 
um, something ridiculous like that, has stated he is fighting again. He wants to fight Tito Ortiz. And De La Hoya has now started the promotion Golden Boy MMA, and that's where they're going to fight. What do you think of that? Um, ooh. I've got to yeah. take Tito or I, I have to take Tito all day. Yes. I mean, just in I'm general. Kind of bi- the, the whole I'm thing. I'm kind of biased, but I'm biased because I actually got to meet Tito Ortiz. Yeah. Um, I'm not talking who's winning or who's losing. Just in general, what do you think of this whole thing? Oh, no, no, no. I think that I, dude, I, I would pay money to see this fight. Pay money for it. It's two old school fighters that everyone loves. Everyone wants to see names nowadays, right? Yeah. Yes, it doesn't matter if these guys are in their late forties, early fifties. I still think these. I think these two guys are going to put on a show. Wow. I think it's going to be a fight to watch. I really do. It might be kind of comical. But I think it's going to be well worth the money that you pay for it. Yeah. I will pay for this fight. More than likely, it's going to go pay-per-view. Is, this going, to go, is, it, is it going to go Bellator or is it going to go UFC? No, no, no. Oscar De La Hoya is starting his own promotion. Okay, so it's just going to be a cage fight. Yeah. It, there, 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 it's not going to be Bellator. It's not going to be UFC. It's just going to be an old-fashioned cage fight. MMA, MMA cage fight. Yeah. I'd pay money for it. Who knows? Um... It might be free for anyone that's got HBO. It might it might end up end up uh, end up on on HBO. Who knows? True. Okay, so let's get into you watch Triple G take on some dude from Edmund Traverdian's camp. Um, so let's uh, let's hear about that fight. I, I was really interested in that last week. Um, it was a big deal because Triple G got to keep the fight you know, that he'd been training for when Canelo decided to perhaps eat some tainted meat or perhaps something a little more nefarious and, and try to get some, uh, a little bit of that. What do you do? What do you got? Climbuterol? Yeah, he got popped from Climbuterol. Now, okay. He, the reason he got suspended, it was two failed tests. Yes. But it was trace amounts of two failed tests. Now, that is kind of in line with the tainted meat story. To me, I... It very much is. I mean, but with as much money that Canelo Alvarez has... Mm Mm-hmm. It's been it's been stated he spends the money for nutritionists. He has people buy his food. If it's tainted meat, don't go out and eat frickin' street tacos in Mexico, you dumb <laughs> fucking idiot. Come on. 
I, I just don't buy this anymore. This has been known for 10 plus years that the meat in Mexico is tainted with clenbuterol. I just don't buy it no more. You can, they can, these Mexican fighters and these Mexican athletes cannot use this excuse anymore. I'm sorry. It just, you just can't do it. Yeah. But it does sound, it, the more I listen to it, the more it does sound like this is a, a, a pretty innocent thing where if his levels had completely dropped between tests, I would be thinking, man, that guy was juicing. But they stayed very, very trace amounts, and they didn't go up or down. It's very consistent with a guy eating meat that he didn't know had that crap in it, which, you know, I also understand the fact that he got suspended because ignorance is not an excuse. Just because you say you didn't know, like if I go driving down the road and I let my daughter drive my car and she puts a big old bag of heroin in there and I say, Yes, it's my car, but I didn't know it was there. That's not an excuse. Same with this guy. Even though he didn't know, and I I tend to believe him now, it's not an excuse. So I'm glad they didn't suspend him for two years or anything stupid like that. Six months, he missed out on the one fight. It's going to be a big fight when he comes back. It's okay. Now, okay. So I'm just going to say this now. Can't remember who Triple G fought. (laughs) <laughs> I commend him for taking the fight. I want to say it was on three weeks' notice. Now, I don't know if this guy was already in, in a training camp. He might have been. Uh-huh. We know that Triple G was already in a training camp. Um, yeah. You know, training for Canelo. First round, Triple G was just kind of like laying back. He was just kind of like feeling his opponent out. His opponent caught Triple G with a good combo. Staggered him a little bit. I don't think it really hurt him, but, I mean, if I was in that situation, I'm like, oh, this son of a bitch came to fight. Okay. Second round comes around. Pop, pop, pop. About a minute into the second. I think that's about as fast as it was. It might have been a little longer. The fight was no more. Wow. But you forget, Triple G is no, I mean, he's no spring chicken anymore. No. But you forget on how much speed and how much power that guy still has. Just like, Whoa. I mean, he ended it that quick in the second round. Just that fast. That guy just caught his attention. Like, wow, okay, I need to end this fight now because this guy came to fight. This guy is packing Yeah, definitely. And I don't want this fight to go any longer. (laughs) And he ended it. Just like he should have. I mean, I'm not saying the guy was that much inferior, but he he was an inferior opponent. I think anyone that steps into the ring with Triple G is inferior. Mm-hmm. Even and, Canelo. And especially Alves. compared to a Canelo, you know. Oh, yeah, especially compared to a Canelo Alvarez. And I still think Canelo is a weaker opponent for Triple G. 
Not by much, but still an inferior impo- uh, um, an inferior opponent. That fight wasn't much to see. But what I loved about it, it was free. Thank God I had HBO. Yeah, it's now, the second fight that happened on Saturday. Again, it was a free fight for anyone who has ESPN. Yeah. I, we had Lomachenko versus Lunaris. Now, anyone that follows boxing nowadays knows that Lomachenko is a bad man. I want to say yeah. this was his 12th or 13th fight. He came up in weight. I want to say you were even saying this, and I meant to go back and research this, but I never did. I want to say he came up, came up 10 pounds. So that's maybe one, possibly two weight classes. That's got to be He came up to take, Lomachenko is not a belt holder. He came up to fight this guy for a title. Great fight. Great fight, I thought. But this just shows you, even coming up 10 pounds, Lomachenko's a bad, bad man. I was talking to my next-door neighbor. He loves boxing. Um, he's a golden-glove boxer himself. He says Lomachenko reminds him of a modern-day uh, Sugar Ray Leonard. Oh, wow. That's pretty that, – that, that's, uh, that's a pretty good compliment. Being, yeah, being considered one of the greats. I mean, I love Sugar Ray Leonard. That's what got, that's what got me into boxing. My dad was a Sugar Ray Leonard fan. Yeah. Lomachenko's a bad, bad man. I mean, he he to me. Now you watched this fight, and I don't know if you feel the same way. I, I to me, I almost thought Lomachenko just kind of like was toying with him all night long. I mean, I watched the fight. His his hands were like dropped. Like, come on, I'm daring you to hit me. Like he was getting cocky. But even the cockiness didn't get in the way of him handling his business. That's pretty cool, then. I mean, what did you think of the fight? You ended up going back and watching it on Facebook. Yes. I, I thought it was a very good fight. I was I was thoroughly entertained, to be honest with you. And a boxing match that went 12 rounds like that, I thought that was a very, very fun fight. It was very impressed with Lomachenko. I mean, it's I, – I was kind of always a Lomachenko fan, but I really never got to yeah. watch him fight. So I watched this fight. I'm like, I need to watch every fight this guy's going to fight. <laughs> I mean, yeah, was... I think putting these guys on ESPN is a good thing because they're getting exposed to an audience. A lot of people might just not buy the view this, but I don't know who that is. I'm not paying for that. Now that mm-hmm. we see him on HBO or ESPN, it's like, wow, that guy's cool. 
I and I really think that's a good idea. I mean, you and I, we grew up with with these guys on TV on Saturday night. We'd see Sugar Ray Leonard. You know, on the dawn of pay-per-view, these guys were taking – the guys that were on pay-per-view were huge stars already to us. And like Mike Tyson, he started off fighting on ESPN on Saturday afternoons, you know, on ABC. Yeah. He wasn't a pay-per-view star until – shit, until Larry Spinks, and, until he fought Spinks. I think that was one of the first big pay-per-views for Tyson. And then it just grew, you know, blew up from there. But, uh, you know, we saw these guys, and even now, when these guys, they can't just jump onto these pay-per-views when the public isn't aware of who they are. I mean, hardcore fans are, just like in MMA. We, they need to get the public to know who they are instead of going straight for those pay-per-view dollars. So in the long run, they'll make even more. Now, you you called me one day, and I was with my buddy, Matt. Mm-hmm. Now, he's the Golden Glove boxer, so he's always been in yeah. the boxing. He actually brought up a very valid point, just kind of what – just kind of like, like along the lines you were just saying. Your, your typical – not your everyday hardcore MMA fan. But just a guy that wants to catch a good fight. You just brought it up. Yeah. A lot of these, uh, Matt doesn't, I mean, I ordered the fight. He came over and watched it on, on Saturday. He didn't really know mm-hmm. a lot what was going on. He just saw some good entertainment. Yeah. But I broke the news to him that, you know, GSP and Nate Diaz, they, that's a possible fight coming on in August down in L.A. He goes, now that's a fight I'm nope. going to watch. It's names that it's I know. Not, it's not. Um, Nate Diaz has already confirmed he's not taking that fight. Mm. Yeah, Nate said, he said, listen, why would I take the fight? GSP cheated when he fought my brother. I'm not going to give him, I'm not going to fight that guy. Mm. But, but, but is, what I'm bringing up is just your average guy that wants to watch a good MMA fight, wants to watch good names fight, that would be a fight that would attract everybody. Oh, definitely. Everyone knows who those two names are. Yeah. It's kind of like what boxing is now. I mean, boxing kind of took seat to MMA for quite a few years. True. MMA exploded. Yeah. But now I think boxing is starting to come back. It seems like it. I mean, you're starting to see more Triple G. You're starting to see more of Lomachenko. You're starting to see more of these bigger-name fighters come back. And you know what? It's kind of exciting. Yeah. When you and I, back in the day, watching Tyson and Sugar Ray Leonard... You didn't know much about MMA. You didn't know much about the UFC. Back in the I mean, day, they, back when those guys were fighting, there wasn't MMA. No, but then MMA kind of came on scene with uh, UFC 1, UFC 2, UFC 3. I think that's when yeah, you brought was, over that. That was in 90, 1993 when that happened. Well, yeah, but... Late 93, early 90, early mid-94. That was 20... That was 20-some-odd years ago. That was the year we graduated high school. 
93. I graduated, we both graduated in 94. Yeah. I mean, this, uh, DVD wasn't even around yet. You were bringing over VHS <laughs> tapes to show my, yeah. and my dad. I was recording those things on VHS straight from the damn, uh, pay-per-view. Right. Yeah. Right. And you were bringing those over to my house. My dad goes, Oh, this is kind of cool. This, it's kind of bloody and gory. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, it was, you it, get, was you know, it was all that boxing was lacking is what it was. Hmm. Boxing never lacked anything. Boxing was uh, For boxing. a long time, it did. Boxing got very stagnant with all the promoters not letting their guys fight the good guys. And uh, they they started going for the money instead of pleasing and doing the right thing with the fans. Now, you and I have brought it up, and, you know, UFC in general has got a problem with that. Yeah. Now, UFC is more fan-friendly. They're going to give you the title shot and the title fight that the fans want to see. It's not who nah, really sometimes. deserves it. They don't have a ranking system. They have an internal ranking system, which is not consistent with anything. Nobody knows how they make up these fights, these title fights. Like, nobody really knows. You know, you know like, uh, I'm going to throw a little example out there. Like, Michael Bisping winning the middleweight title and then fighting 48-year-old Dan Henderson, who was on a three-fight losing streak. Did that come there's no that, way in boxing really, that would ever happen. But and and in reality, um, fans didn't want to see that. Nope. And it was a horrible fight. It really was. Well, that fight actually I, ended I don't up even being. Think I paid for the fight. It was a little bit. It was a lot closer than anybody would have thought. I mean, Dan messed him up. Watching the fight. Dan clobbered Bisping a few times, um, but Bisping won a decision. And it it was ridiculous because here you're looking at this middleweight champion, can't even beat a guy that's been beaten so many times it's not funny, you know, Uh, over the hill. I mean, the guy was retirement. He was basically retired, and he came out of retirement to fight Michael Bisping. Now, just like any sport, MMA has evolved. Yeah. Boxing has evolved. I mean, MMA is nothing like it was back when it first started. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I think of MMA, I think of old school MMA. You know, you, yeah. you know you've got um, Hoist Gracie going up against a kickboxer. Completely polar opposite strength. That's what MMA, to me, is all about. Yeah. And who cares if it goes to a grappling match? Yes. Does it get boring? Most definitely. But isn't that true MMA fighting? At its best, I think. No. If you can I, keep I, a grappler I on. I disagree, though. Grappling is not boring. There is no, no way well, grappling is boring. But it can get stagnant. On occasion. It can get stagnant, especially, you know, when you're dealing with a Hoist Gracie. You know, 
his strengths are just to get you on the ground and tire you out, then he's going to submit you. But if you can keep mm-hmm. a Gracie on his feet, you've got a great chance of beating him. But good luck keeping him on his feet. You're not going to get those guys to stand up for a three, three or a five-round fight, depending on what, what you're dealing with. So that's just any, but yeah, that's that's any wrestler grappler. I mean, but that's, but that's MMA at its best. You've got two polar opposite um, strengths going at each other. To me, that's what MMA is. I just think, yeah. you know, with the way UFC has evolved, that they just want stand-up brawlers, which, don't get me wrong, that makes for great entertainment. But to me, that's not true mixed martial arts. No. Okay, so, we've talked about the boxing matches, the big boxing matches. You watched the pay-per-view. You, you were kind enough to kind of repay the favor um, that I, I did for you. So, you and I were talking during this whole pay-per-view, and yep. the main event was coming up. And you called me and said, hey, we were talking. I said, hey, why don't you just FaceTime me, and I can watch this main event. And you're all, hey, that's a good idea. You know, we we always think about these things about five seconds before we should really do them instead of days in advance like we normal people. So, yeah, you I mean, because yeah, you did me on New Year's Eve with Holly Holm and Chris yeah. Cyborg. Because I was in Washington. Yeah. You called me. I said, hey, yeah, I'm watching the fight. And you said, hey, why don't you FaceTime me? Oh, yeah, I guess I could. And we did. Yeah, um, yeah, because we both had iPhones. Yeah. So. I watched the main event. It was very, very competitive, actually. So this is the only fight I can comment on. It so looks we'll like start, Amanda. We'll start, with the main event. we'll start at the main yeah. event, so we'll work down. Yeah, Amanda was tough as usual, but Raquel was right in her face the whole time. Raquel wasn't going anywhere. I thought Raquel really did herself a disservice in that. She'd been gone for a year and a half. She'd had a broken leg or something in an auto accident. Couldn't fight, couldn't fight, couldn't fight. So it's been a long time since Pennington's been in the cage. And I thought quite possibly she should have taken a warm-up fight, something other than the champion, to get back into the rhythm of fighting. Um, Because you can see from this fight, she's one tough lady. She's got good strikes. She caught... She caught Amanda with good punches. She got her down and got on top for a while. Um, I thought it was a very even fight until about the fourth round when Amanda really took over. To me, she, she even though in those fights, in those rounds that were close, that rust was showing. Yeah. So imagine this Not fight a lot, been a lot but better, a little. I think. Yeah. So... I mean, Amanda lost, or Raquel lost. It was still a good fight. Um, Now, the controversy was Raquel went back to her corner after the fourth round, told her cornerman, hey, I'm done. I I don't want to fight anymore. And they kind of told her, you know, listen, you got to go out there and give it a shot. We know you can. Go out there and give it a shot. And she did. She didn't do anything in the fifth round. She got hit once, kind of turtled up. And the fifth round lasted about, what, 45 seconds at that? Yeah. Yeah. Now, and she was beat up pretty I got, good. I got, 
I've got mixed emotions on that. Um, yeah. Now, okay, her corner has already been through a whole fight camp with her. Yeah. They know her in more, more than one. More than yeah, one. More than one. Now, and yes, her fiance, Keisha Torres, and she agreed with her corner, stating that yes, yeah. if they would have let her stop, there would have been probably a week down the road that she would have regretted it. Now, I understand that. They're fighters. This is what they do for a living. Yeah. But when a fighter comes to their corner and say, hey, I have nothing left. I'm done. What do you do at that point? Knowing she has nothing left to give in this fight. She is completely drained, probably mentally and physically. She just got her face beat in in the fourth round. I mean, she was a bloody mess. Yeah. And she goes, I'm done. I just don't have nothing left. What do you do at that point, Brian, if you were in her corner? Talk her up. No. You can go in there. She could slip. You can get on top of her. You've got great ground game. You could submit her. They're just trying to like, you know what I would talk do? her up. I, I, I would remind her of Misha Tate versus Holly Holm. Misha got beat three out of four rounds beat solidly and in that one round she won she had taken Holly down and didn't really do much uh, Holly was just having her way with Misha round five came about and granted Misha wasn't as beat up as Raquel was but round five came around and it's just like Misha you have to finish this fight or you're going to lose Misha went out there got a takedown choked her out won the title it can happen you can throw a Hail Mary and actually win a fight in the last round, um, you're never going to know if you don't try. Uh, you know, but, if she really couldn't get up, if she was so exhausted she couldn't move, see out of one eye, uh, whatever, she could have just sat there. She didn't have to listen to her corner man. She could have told the ref, hey, uh, whoever it was, I'm done. So if she told that to the ref, he would have stopped it right then. He, you know, that's all she had to do. Long. It wasn't long into that fifth round when that that ref said, no, Raquel's had enough. Yeah. I'm stopping this thing. Well, she was face down and getting just pummeled. She was doing nothing. Um, well, I know. But she, but she wasn't even really trying either. No. She, But that's what she was telling her corner. I'm done. I have nothing left. I'm done. Yeah. She's already been, like, She's already expelled all of her energy. I don't know where these last couple fights have come from with Amanda Nunes. Normally, we've known her to punch herself out in the first round or two. I don't know if she's putting more on cardio to get her later in the fights because she's probably now knowing that she's fighting better opponents. Um, I think so. I mean, I, how many how many times has, has Noons outside of these last few gone the distance? And she's like not, really not very often, but she's looking. It, it's looking like she's not even really expending much energy. 
Because normally she she's comes out much better when, conserving it. Well, normally, I mean, especially like with that Ronda Rousey fight, I guarantee you, if Ronda Rousey could have got out of that first round, I think Ronda Rousey would have beat her. Just because oh, yeah, she was, yeah. Amanda would have just punched herself out and gassed herself. Yeah. But no, for sure. Gotta there. Give, I've got to give credit to Amanda that she's going into this knowing, probably in the back of her head, this is probably going to go the distance. I need to get. I need to build my stamina and kind of reserve my energy. Yeah. But again, Amanda, she delivers a power, power punch. I mean, there's. She's kind of like kind of a miniature Chris Cyborg. She delivers a lot of power. And she will yeah, she obliterate. Does. She really does. And she will obliterate her opponent. I mean, there's just no way around that. But I mean, it was a, it, it it was a good fight. Raquel stood there, especially like you said, she's been off for a year, year and a half. And mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think she should have taken a warm-up fight before this, kind of get herself back into fighting shape. But she didn't. She stepped right into a right into a title fight. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Amanda's been off for a little bit. She hasn't fought a lot. When was her last fight? Uh, she fought. No, she fought Shevchenko not that long ago. Um, that was much less than a year ago when she fought Valentina. Well, like I said, six to eight months. Maybe less. I would think, yeah. I would think about six months, eight months, yeah. I mean, really, for an MMA fighter, that's kind of a layoff, a little bit of a layoff. They usually fight every three to four, normally. Yeah, but the champions are usually every six months or so. So she oh, fought Valentina okay. September. So what, October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May? So eight months. Eight months. So. Yeah, you're looking at guys like John Jones, GSP, uh, even Bisping. You know, they fight when they're champions. They usually fight about twice a year. Or, or you could be like Conor McGregor and and never fight, never defend it. You know, <clears throat> just never fight. Well, we all know why that that's happened. Well, for one, yeah. that incident he got into. I mean, that's holding a lot back, but. Um, well, he wasn't. He wasn't planning on fighting anyway. That it's just. Well, th- th- we talked about this. Uh, I told you about. It he got a hundred and twenty-five million dollar paycheck. Why go fight in the yeah. UFC for a measly five or ten million, whatever Connor's going to make? We can fight once or once a year, once every other year for a hundred and twenty-five million dollars. Well, he can't. That's the I, problem. He's not getting out of his UFC contract. I'm just it's, but that's why he ha- he's not taking no fights. Yeah, he's got now, a big fat paycheck. Yeah, the reason we brought Connor up was it came about over the weekend that the UFC has released Yair Rodriguez, and Yair is a featherweight, very very big time prospect in the featherweight division, 
had come out. He's ten and two. Um, loss was what? Man, that was in 2012, and he didn't lose right. again until his very his most recent fight. But that was against Frankie Edgar, who was a big step up. But regardless, he'd already beat BJB, crushed BJ Penn, Alex Caceres, Andre Feely, Dan Hooker. Um, God. He he beat a lot of good fighters, and he's a big again. He's a big prospect, by the way. But a year is coming off. It's been a while since he fought. Um, it was well a year. They were trying to get him to sign up, and Yair said, "No, I don't want to fight this guy." So the UFC just released him, and people are freaking out. Like you're releasing a, a big time prospect in the featherweight division because he turned down a fight. But you've got a champion that held two belts and refused to fight anybody. He right. He not only refused to fight, but he also injured two fighters, causing havoc with a card. Um, has done his own thing ever since he's been there. And you release this guy? What What's up with the UFC? Like, what what kind of morals do they have? For real. I don't know, because as long as Connor does not fight, he's not making the UFC a dime. And not they're dime. still bending over backwards for that guy. Because they're hoping he will return to the ring. Because it's going to bring yeah. them money. But in, in yeah. a sense, by keeping him on contract, where they can actually, say, release his title shot, or not release his title shot, release, have him relinquish his belt. Well, they've already taken him. Those belts are gone. I know. Now. But he's not making the UFC any money, so why not just release the guy? Because he's not going to fight the UFC again. He doesn't want to fight the UFC again. No, they'll never release him because he, he'll make them too much money. They, that, that dude can run up and down New York Boulevard or whatever Boulevard is big up there. You know, cocaine dropping out of his nose and out of his ass. And they won't release him. They'll make some excuse for it, it being okay and not release him. I mean, the I thing don't know is, why cocaine is that- come out of your ass, but... You know, just well, saying. unless you know, I I don't know. That'd be kind of weird if it came out your butt, but I mean, I'm sure it's something you've done in the past, but that's you. You're wild and crazy. No, I ordered <laughs> cocaine. Yes, I've never put it up my butt. <laughs> I don't know why it ever came <laughs> up my butt. Uh, you know, it's kind of weird. I, I I have no. I don't know why. I don't know why I don't know why cocaine would ever enter someone's anal region. It just that's I guess just, if you're, it's not going to do it. I, I I would suppose if you're transporting it, you throw a little balloon up there, put it in a balloon, shove it in there, boom. You know. I, I've never transported it. I've just snorted it. I only used to snort cocaine when I went to rock concerts. I didn't feel no pain. I could drink all night long and I never got a buzz. That's the only reason I that's the only reason I ever snorted cocaine. Just a, just a little PSA here, folks. We're not condoning the use. And when you do, you turn as stupid as Jason is. Um, and th- that takes a considerable amount of alcohol and cocaine, apparently. So it, just it does. be wise. You can be don't as dumb, do, don't do like you can be dumb as I am. And it, it, it's a fun drug. Just, <laughs> I just, that, was, that was back in my... Um, Post-military career, back when I was 21, 22 years old, I used to snort a yeah. lot of blow. Again, 
we're not condoning it, so we're gonna we're gonna drop the subject now because yeah, let's uh, drop you know. that subject before everybody thinks I'm a fucking drug addict. <laughs> Thanks, yeah, Brian. And, and just remember, Jason, I'm going to make sure your mom listens to this episode, and uh, <laughs> I'm gonna call her tonight and say, Peggy, you need to listen to this episode. Don't ask me why. Just please listen to the whole thing about about what 45 minutes in, you're gonna get a shock. Now, I was going to say 48, and she'd never hear this, but you actually said the actual amount, and Mike, fuck you, Brian Zamora. You just really screwed me. My mom's going <laughs> to hate me forever. I, I, dude, I wish I could be there when she gets a hold of you. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, nope. You yeah. know exactly what I'm going to do to you. I'm going to make sure you are in your kitchen. You invite me over to your house, and I'm going to rifle a fucking Cornish game hen frozen at your head. And I guarantee you, I will hit you this time. Yeah, I've I've seen you. I've seen you do it. But, now, (laughs) what what was the other one? Oh, I really wanted to bring up, excuse me. Now, Now, uh, it was was a big time weekend. We kind of touched on it a little bit. Yeah. And you brought up Rafael Romero. Now, kind of, he's got a he's got a big fight coming up, right? Brought up who? Romero. Oh, Yoel Romero, yeah, yeah, Yoel. Oh, I'm sorry, Yoel Romero's got a big fight coming up. He's taking on Robert Whitaker for that middleweight title. So. There was another big fight on that card. The middleweight division, yes. Kelvin Gastelum versus uh, Jacare Souza. Hey, you got his name right. I know his name's not Kevin. Fuck you. Yeah. I told you not to bring that up, fucker. Well, you've been saying Kevin for two days. Just FYI. Kelvin, and you got it right. Kevin, I'm very proud of you. Kevin, Kelvin, it sounds all the fucking same when you've been drinking. It doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't sound the same. <laughs> it looks the same, probably. But uh, I'm very proud that you got it right. Tell everybody about that fight. Cause that was one of the big ones. Now, like I was telling you prior to this, I should have looked this up prior because I just had hanging in my head. Yeah. That kind of like overshadowed everything else. Now, Kelvin beat Jacare, and I did not think this was going to happen. I thought Souza would have his way. I kind of thought it would go to a decision, but I thought it would kind of be more dominant. Nope, I was completely wrong. Kelvin beat Jacare. But now, with that being said, you and I were talking before the show. Refresh everyone's mind on who Kelvin has actually defeated prior to this fight. Well, Kelvin, before this, Kelvin knocked Michael Bisping out in the first round. Um, okay. Before that, he, you know, he had the yeah he had an all-time classic with Chris Weidman. Um, that was a great fight. Kelvin lost by submission. 
in the third round, but that was a terrific fight. Um, he beat Vitor Belfort. That got overturned, but he still beat him badly. Kelvin's beat a lot of good fighters. He beat Johnny Hendricks. He lost a very, very close split decision to Tyrone Woodley when he was at 170, um, and, and Kelvin had come in like eight pounds overweight, something ridiculous. But he still lost a very close split decision back then, which I think would be a really good fight right now. Kelvin's a good fighter, but Jacare okay. is on another level submission ground-wise. That guy is on another so, level from anybody in the UFC. So with that being said, Gaston comes in and beats Jacare Souza. Yeah. That's a big deal. Very big deal, especially on the people that Kelvin has beat in his prior fight. Mm-hmm. Now, this is just me. I think with this victory over Sousa, Gaston now has a legitimate gripe to take on the winner of that title fight. Yeah, I, I don't I don't see why he doesn't get that. I, I agree. Um I I think they will give it to him, depending on how long it is before that fight happens. Um that's a good that's a good pick. Now tell us now this next fight, the only the last fight we're gonna talk about, Mackenzie Dern versus Amanda Cooper. There was a lot of controversy beforehand. Now Mackenzie's only oh. in her this is her seventh pro MMA fight. And she's missed weight twice before, and she came in heavy. And this is a fight that was supposed to be at 115. Mackenzie Dern came in at 123 pounds. Yeah. And she Amanda accepted it. Yeah, Amanda accepted. So this is a grudge match. I want to fight that lady no matter what. I'm going to make her pay for this. It's disrespectful, this and that. Tell us how that fight went down. Well. Now, if it was me, I would not have accepted the fight at all. I don't think I would have either. Mackenzie Dern has got a pass. Okay, she's got she's got a pass of not making weight. But what makes yeah. this fight so intriguing to me was the shit talking by Amanda Cooper. Like, I'm still going to beat this bitch's ass. She doesn't hold a fucking candle to me. Da, 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 da. Mackenzie Dern went in there and wiped her ass with that ring. (laughs) It wasn't even, dude, it was hysterical. You you so eloquently put it. (laughs) Dominated that fight. I mean, no, that's an understatement. She wiped Amanda Cooper's ass with that ring. It's just like, but I was so happy to see that. Just like when Conor McGregor talked shit. Everyone wants to see at that point Conor McGregor get his ass beat. Now, of course, Conor always backs up his shit. Amanda Cooper went in there. Amanda Cooper goes in there talking all this hype, 
how she's going to beat McKenzie's ass was not even close. She caught her with a right hand and then lights out, bitch. You're done. Now, did, did Cooper did Cooper tap out or was she out? Did they stop it? I want to say I have to go back and rewatch the fight because, I mean, so much crap went on that night with the boxing match and the U. I want to know. I want to say she actually submitted. McKenzie submitted Dern, uh, Amanda Cooper. McKenzie submitted Cooper. I want to say she tapped out. Okay. But it happened. It happened so fast. Granted, she came in overweight. But she accepted yeah. the fight. She just kept saying, oh, her, yeah, da, 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 da. I'm still going to beat her ass. To me, that was just funny. That was, to me, that's yeah, just definitely. funny. I love seeing the shit talkers get their asses handed to them. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened to Amanda Cooper. She got her ass handed to her. No, hundred percent. And it didn't even last. It didn't last that long. But you know what? I got to give it up. Give it up for Mackenzie Dern. Now she's two and zero, which is kind of hard to believe. Seven and zero in MMA. She's only two and zero in UFC. Yeah. She's a bad, bad woman in this division. Even though she she's a, does she's not very good fighting at one fifteen. No, she needs to move. She even came out later on and said, hey, you know, the UFC told me I, I should probably move up a weight class, which is amazing to me because when guys like Kelvin Gaslam missed weight at welterweight, the UFC and Dana White, that guy's never fighting at welterweight again. That's bullshit, this and that. That's so disrespectful. Mackenzie Dern does it, not a word out of the UFC, but quietly behind the scenes. Oh baby, would you please do a class? Um, they really, really kiss ass of fighters. They're gonna make them a lot of money. And it, to be honest with you, Jason, I love MMA. You know that. But I am getting yeah. very, very disenchanted with the UFC. The way they handle themselves and the blatant politicking. I just, I'm getting tired of watching it. You know, I'm kind of getting to the same aspect. Now, I told you, treat me that much. I probably order it. I don't have the money for $65 for the fight. But I had nothing else going on. Um, I had the boxing match. So I said, you know what? I kind of want to have a a nice fight night. So I ordered it anyway. And I was completely blown away on how good the card really was. But I'm I'm Uh, kind of in agreement with you. Um, The UFC doesn't patrol their industry all that well. I mean, you have Conor McGregor doing all this bullshit. But if it was a lower-name fighter, let's say a McKenzie Dern that was causing all this crap, She'd be out. Well, you can't throw they her. Just her. They'll do anything for her. You got to throw somebody else. I would no, say well, okay. somebody like Angela Hill. Okay, Angela Hill. Let's say yeah. she's missed weight a couple times and yeah. all this crap. They would just 
They would just release these fighters. But they yeah. hold precedent against their, you know, against these really, really good fighters. So it's kind of, it, 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 it's, 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 it's all politics. It, um, it's how good you are. It's not who you are. Yeah. It's how good you are. Yeah. You could be okay, a great so. fighter and you're going to get slapped on the hand. You're a shit fighter. Yeah. You're gone. So we, we are coming up on the end of our show. Before we do, I want to talk a little bit. The weekend before, there was a very good Invicta card on, where Invicta crowned a brand-new uh, weight champion, and it was a long time coming. Sarah Kaufman got her first title in, in over a decade, I think, since when she was the Strikeforce champion. She beat Katharina, Katharina Liner. And that was a pretty decent fight. Sarah actually got a finish, which hasn't happened very often for her. So good for Sarah. Um, Tani Kianzad got a win, a big win. It's nice seeing her get another win. Earl Gonzalez dominated and got a submission. But the fight I really want to talk about, okay, was in Marcia Allen. She beat Julia Avia by finger injury. Now, I called you and told you about this. For those no, of you listening, yes, this was yes. disgusting. This was disgusting. This. this was gross. Yeah. Yeah. Marcia went and threw a high kick. This is up there. This okay. is almost up, shut up there. Shut up and let with, me talk. Uh, yeah. Terry Bradshaw's shut broken up. leg. Shut up, shut up. Listen. Marcia throws <laughs> a kick. Julia blocks it with her left hand. But the kick caught her finger. Her left ring finger, and didn't just break it; it broke, it compound fracture broke it to where the finger was being held on by skin. The bone was completely exposed, but broken at the first knuckle. So all you have Ugh. is the looked like the end of a drumstick. Okay, that's what we saw, and she's just holding it there for everybody to see. Hey, look at that. You didn't even know it happened because she didn't stop fighting. She kept going. The ref tells her, listen, you can't go. She's like, I'm okay. No, lady, you're not okay. That's fucking disgusting. Okay? <laughs> that is probably the toughest woman I've ever seen in my life. Okay? She didn't even care. So if you check out her Twitter account, she's at the hospital holding it up and she starts crying. I'm sorry I let people down. No, you didn't let anybody down. That thing was fucking disgusting, and you didn't fucking care. You fucking didn't even care about it. You're a tough lady. She's fucking training two days after getting her finger reattached. She's training, hitting a heavy bag. Jesus Christ, I would be in a fucking coma if that happened to me. Okay? <laughs> Dude, I broke, I broke my pinky toe. That little fucking crusty piece of shit off the end of your foot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All I wanted to do, that thing was swelled up. I couldn't fucking walk. I, I couldn't put my work boots on. I was bitching and complaining. My wife fucking slapped me like, you're the biggest fucking pussy I ever met. <laughs> yes. Okay. This kind I of stuff fucking hurts. Walk. <laughs> I don't like, understand. You know what? <laughs> oh man! Sorry. Hey, 
no. there's another <laughs> badass bitch in UFC, and we didn't know yeah. it. I, I kind of I had an idea because she started favoring it, but when Paige Van Zant had her arm broke, she finished that fucking fight with a broken arm. Yeah, she got beat, but she finished the goddamn fight with a broken arm. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous what some of these people can do, you know? Well, and, and as much as I the only thing I can, the I only thing I can, uh, um, it, it's adrenaline. They don't even feel it. Yeah. No, she knew it. She told her corner. Um, I, I can't stand Uriah Faber. I really can't. I, I fucking can't stand the guy. But when he fought, I think it was uh, Jose Aldo or Mike Brown or something. And you're, I think it was Mike Brown, actually. Faber broke both his hands and fought five wow. rounds like that. Uh, I mean, I can't imagine. Uh, he's tough. Yeah, I can't stand the guy, but he's tough. So, moving on, I wanted to talk a little bit before we go. Bellator had the tournament. The finals of the first round were on Saturday well, night. You said um, you said this was actually a great card because every fight was a it didn't go the distance. They actually had to bring in. Yeah. They had to bring in fights to make up the time. Oh no, that was the week before. This one, this oh. this one was again. The fight was a finish this week, but they didn't have to make up time. But um, so we we start off. Chet Congo got his first finish in what seems like 500 years, and I, I still can't stand the guy, but he did finish Javi Ayala who we all know Javi was the one that beat Shock, uh, Sergey uh, Karatanov. Um, Aaron Pico got another win. Beautiful uppercut to uh, Lee Morrison. Hit him in the body and actually put him down. Really nice punch. Um, John Fitch, he took out Paul Daly. Like, it looked very, very easy. He, he lost a round, but also got dominated a couple of rounds. So... That was very good. And then the finals of the tournament. Now, this was what I've been saying this whole time. I've, I picked, you know I picked this guy from the get-go. The final fight in the tournament was Ryan Bader versus King Mo. And who have I been calling this whole time? I said Ryan Bader is going to win the tournament, right? Right. Okay. So Ryan's taking on King Mo. They, they do this interview with King Mo beforehand said, you know, I'm injury-free for the first time in 200 years. Uh, Jen Brown asked him, she's all, you know, we heard this, that you had a, a hip replacement. And he was, no, nah, I ain't had no hip replacement. I had a hip shaving lady. And he was getting kind of stupid. I'm like, why is King Mo acting like that? You know, he was being kind of weird. Sure enough, fight time comes. And I don't believe King Mo was ready for that fight because Bader put him on his ass with the second punch that connected. Knocked him down and just followed up with three, four more punches. He was out. Fifteen seconds. King Mo's never been beat seconds. like that before. Yeah. That's insane. <clears throat> yeah, it was crazy. But it was that a good card. Crazy. A great end of the tournament. Um, I, I posted this on Twitter because it's true. They had a big old thing before the fight. Matt Mitrione came on, was talking about who he thought was going to win. He thought Bader was going to win, too. 
and he said, listen, I'm down here in Mexico. I got a pina colada here, and he was drinking it, just sitting there talking a little bit. He talked for about 30 seconds. He talked twice as long as the fight lasted. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Now, that was very unexpected. I, I'm watching this thing, and I'm thinking this is going to be a very tight decision for, for Bader because I thought King Mo was going to be the toughest fight for him, for real. Because King Mo's got great so, wrestling. He's very fast. He's well-conditioned. I thought that was going to be a very tough fight. Now, I don't know how far this is out, but Bellator 199. Yeah. It's coming back to the SAP Center. That was 199, you dumbass. Oh, shit. That was just this past weekend. That's Never mind, Jason. Yeah. Done with that thought, right? Yeah, I was yeah, I'm done with that thought. Never mind. Okay. Okay. So with that Never mind. I won't go I, I won't even go. Take... Yeah, I wouldn't either. Um, I think we're gonna be taking the next week off. Pretty much with my work schedule now, um, for at least for a little bit, I'll be taking every other week off because it's just a bit much for me to do. Um and Every other week we'll come but, in. We're going to have big shows, just like this week. We've got a ton of information out to you. About more what? Stuff. We have dumped a yeah, lot we're gonna of information. Yeah, we have a ton for you. We, we we won't have to, you know. Jason and I are going to have so much stuff to talk about. We'll, we'll, we, you know, it, it'll just go. So, but next week we'll be able to do a full hour and a half, depending on the playoff schedule, depending <laughs> um, on who's playing, and we'll get more to you. And have a well, much better show, I think. Well, hey, Brian, I got to admit, I've been sitting here watching the Warriors game. Yeah, me too. Um, do you have this pause? No, I've been watching. I'm live. Okay, perfect. What a great first half. 56-56 going into halftime. Draymond's getting raped out there. Well, he's, yeah, well. He's just getting a lot of bullshit calls, but yeah. Um, but what a great game for Game One of the Western Conference Finals. But we 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 had it. We thought it was going to be this way. Yes, These games are not going to be fucking easy. So, well, with that being said, um, we'll talk to you guys in a few weeks. There should be some good fights coming up, and uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Definitely. We will uh, we'll be posting on the Combat Sports Show on Facebook. And with that, good night. Have, have a good week. And we will look forward to talking to you guys in a couple weeks. Have a good night, brother.